Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to the Fitter, Healthier Dad podcast, where you can learn how to improve your diet, lose fat, and get fitter in a sustainable and fun way without spending hours in the gym. Here is your host, Darren Kirby. Welcome back to the podcast, guys. This is the number one podcast for dads in their 40s who want to lose weight and improve their health. This is episode 34, and in today's show, we're joined by Jason Greystone. Coming from a working class family with little education, Jason has embarked on a journey of self-development from an early age, which he says has played a fundamental part of his success. Jason believes that if you have the right mindset and adopt the right personality traits, you can use the same formula to achieve anything you want in life. And it's this attitude that has allowed him to achieve complete financial independence by the time he was 30. Hi, Jason. Thanks for joining me on the podcast today. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Thanks for having me on. Pleasure. Yeah, thanks for agreeing to, to come on the podcast. Um, I'm a big fan of your of your podcast, obviously, as, as you know, and I thought um, you'd be a fantastic person to to come on and, and talk about mindset. It's, it's really, really a, a, you know, a topic which I think is extremely valuable in all areas of life, not none more so than um, health and fitness and obviously um, investing as well. So, Jason, before we start start off with the podcast, for, for those people that are listening that haven't heard of you or come across you before, can we get a bit of background on Jason and how you've come to, to where you're at today? Yeah, so uh, my name's Jason Greystone. I am a professional investor, and I essentially managed to become financially free by the time I was 30. And I did that through a, a series of, uh, of, of very, very kind of structured strategies that I developed from a, from the age of 22. I found out I was going to have a kid at 22 and I just decided I haven't got a plan and I better have a plan in place. But I ended up kind of becoming a little bit obsessed with with replacing my income so uh so that's what i did and now i teach people how i did that okay cool so that must have been quite a hell of a journey you know from, from you know and at such a young age to make that decision that distinction that you need to have a plan in place and things like that um because because not many of us do so what kind of what kind of thought process and mindset did you have around that, you know, when you decided that that's the path and journey you were going to take? Yeah, I think the the mindset thing really came from an early age when I, I grew up on a council estate in South London called Hatfield Mead. And it was kind of these series of blocks of flats. And uh, there was all sorts of walks of life on that block of flats. There was people like, you know, there was a kind of druggy family who ran a drug business there was uh there was old people there was kind of pe- single parent people there was people who had jobs and there was all kind of these different walks of life but every friday we used to uh, um, we always used to sit on these steps on a friday evening and everyone used to moan about how they needed more money and how it was evil the root of all evil and all that kind of stuff yeah. and they ve- they had a very negative outlook towards people who were doing well for themselves. They, I remember that very clearly they used to always bitch about people that were doing well. And it was funny because we used to sit there and then about 
about 45 minutes into the, the moaning, a guy called Roy used to come around and collect everyone's money for a syndicate lottery. And I remember, and, and I remember literally sitting there thinking, they've just spent half an hour saying how bad money is and how evil it is and how they don't want anyone to have, how people with money shouldn't have money and they should have more money. And then they went and did the lottery. And then for the next half hour, they would spend time talking about what they would do with their winnings and how they would, you know, how them and their immediate family would be sorted for life. And and I also remember them talking in a way where, literally the money would be spent in minutes you know in, in literally days and it was almost like how how quickly could you get rid of the money if you want it <laughs> and 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 that and i don't know what it was like i wasn't i'm not saying i figured everything out because i was only 13 yeah. when i when i was surrounded by these conversations but i remember thinking there's something not right you know there's something right. There's definitely these people are unhappy because they've probably got this conflict. Like, what is it that they don't like about money? But why are they trying to get it? So, there was a period of time when I was younger where I did a uh, I did a deal with my dad. I wanted a BMX for my birthday, and um, and he said, "Look, we can't afford the bike. It's two hundred and something pounds. If you if you put, uh, if I put a hundred towards it, can you raise a hundred? And I was just like, "Yeah, I'll, I'll do that." I was thirteen years old. I didn't know how how I would earn any. Uh, I'd earn a hundred pounds, but I, yeah. I was sitting there thinking, and I thought, oh, I'll go and wash some cars because on the on the estate where we lived, there was this kind of triangular green, and everyone used to park their cars around it. So right. I went, I went out and sort of scrubbed up a car and spent all day washing this car, this Volkswagen Golf, and uh, a lady called Lynn, she gave me five pound plus a two pound tip, and I went up to my room that night, and my friend. Uh, Lloyd, I think it was. I think it was Lloyd in my room, and he basically said, "Look, I'll give you a hand tomorrow." And I said, "Well, you know, I can't really help you. I can't pay you at the moment because I'm trying to save for the bike." He went, "Yeah, I'll just give you a hand." So my dad came in my room, and he said, "I'm going to Safeway. Would you like anything?" And I said, "Yeah." And and something made me give him my entire earnings for that day, right. even though I was desperate to get this bike. I yeah. gave him the whole seven pound, and I said, "Could you get me another bucket and a sponge?" and he he gave me a bucket and sponge, and the next day we washed four cars. And then right. by the end of the summer, I had literally three or four friends working these cars with me, and I weren't even washing the cars. I was literally just going around, making the sound, knocking the doors, collecting the money, collecting right. the tips, and and it was a complete mind shift because I thought perhaps this is what people are getting wrong. Perhaps they're not using money properly, and it made me think about when they were talking about winning the lottery and spending it all as quickly as possible. Well, what if you could earn it and use it in a way to provide you with time? Because I wasn't washing the cars. I was literally just walking around, getting all the cut off of everyone else's hard work, and and it was a complete mind shift for me, and I thought, this is it. You know, This is the missing link. So that was really where my mind shift first first, uh, turned as as a youngster. Yeah, I mean that's that. I mean that's that's hugely um, inspirational from the perspective of at a very young age. You've already decided or made a distinction that you're not going to accept the status quo that everybody else follows and everybody else talks about. And then equally, that from that you've then discovered leverage, which is you know the ultimate um, tool in 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 a kind of an entrepreneur's toolbox, isn't it? Is to be able to leverage time resources and things like that so i mean obviously something that's that's kind of as as you've grown up it's just kind of intrinsically in in you 
So, so already, you know, it's not like you've gone and read a load of mindset books or, or things like that. You've kind of already started to develop that mindset. Um, so, I mean, that, that's fascinating. So, as, as we've already spoken about, you know, mindset is key in many areas of our lives. And I believe, you know, the mindsets that you've just been talking about is a, is a similar mindset that we need to apply to health and fitness. So do you draw kind of any parallels when you're looking at the mindset for creating wealth? And I know you're drawing to health and fitness as well. Do you draw any parallels between the two or is it just kind of one and the same really? Uh, it's very much one of the same, but what I would say is with fitness, health and fitness is very about much about, um, having the discipline to, to, to go out there and, and, and do it right. Just, just the same as wealth building, but the, the parallels would be in both, in both situations, you really have to have a cause beyond yourself because, what I see is people that don't love people who don't love themselves and are not vibrant and not ones want to go out and, and make a difference in the world. They're the ones that kind of sit there in this kind of self wallowing. They, they kind of spiral down. They let their body get out of shape. They let themselves go. They kind of get down and out. Right. Yeah. Whereas the people that are vibrant and fit, they've usually got something bigger that they're aiming for. They're, they're, they're out there they, and, and they're literally becoming fit and healthy and vibrant to survive. And, yeah. and they want to survive as long as possible so that they can go out and, and do what they want to do. Um, in terms of wealth building, you definitely have to have a cause beyond yourself because if you don't have a clear objective and you're just thinking about money, then you're not, you're probably not going to get the wealth that you think you're going to get because money's just money. Money's just a tool. It's, it's not, uh, and this is another goes back to mindset. People got this kind of negative opinion towards money, but money's not bad or good or evil or, you know, it's just a, a thing. It's a token, uh, a medium for fair exchange. And there's enough out there for everyone to get what they want. So why don't people get it? Well, because they don't have a cause beyond themselves. So, when you think of those lottery winners, what what you'll normally see is when you ask people what they would what what they would uh, spend the winnings on, they'll talk about things that are very self selfish. And it's funny because the people the people that do it are the ones that call rich people and wealthy people selfish. But really, yeah. when you ask those people what they would do with the money, it's like, oh, I would book us a holiday. I would pay for my parents house or our house or that I don't need millions I just need enough for us to be happy you know and it's very very much at one generation or two generations but people that are out there have got a cause way beyond themselves they're thinking about you know making a difference in five generations ten generations they're thinking much much bigger and they know that the more wealth they, they they accumulate, the more free time they've got, the more creative they can get, the more the better they can serve people, the more money they can earn, and the more supportive they can be, the more caring they can be. They're the ones that people come to for favors, to ask for support, financial support. And uh, it's because they've got a cause beyond themselves. And I think with fitness, you know, it's it's similar. It is similar. Deep, deep set. It's it's people that are vibrant, people that want to to experience their life to the fullest. Understand that you want to be fit and healthy. Yeah, no, I agree with that. You know, on on the fitness side of things, and it's something that I talk to our community about quite a lot. And that is, you know, so, some people think is a bit woo woo. You know, t- talking about your why and all the rest of it. But unless you have a real distinct uh, thing that you want to achieve or something that you want to do. 
you know, you, you don't put as much effort in and you won't get as good a results as you do when you have a bigger reason, you know. So for me, you know, I trained for 15 years going to the gym three times a week, but I was yep. still overweight. I was still unhealthy because I didn't have a reason why I was going. I was just going because just because that's what you should do, you know. And yep. then the minute I found the reason, that's when it all changed. That's when all the weight come off. That's when I got fitter. And, and um, so, yeah, I, I completely agree with that. So, yeah, I, the, highly... I, I, I would say the difference with money is we've kind of got this built-in inertia where you devalue well i say actually it's the same with with fitness I, I see people that lose weight and as they get towards their goal weight they come a bit la- they become a bit lapse and then they start kind of easing off the accelerator and maybe celebrating with a chinese takeaway and and then they kind of it's almost like they they can't get to their goal or just beyond it to maintain it they just keep kind of reaching it backing off reaching it backing off and it's the same with money. We've got this built-in inertia where we devalue money the more we have of it. So, you know, if if you had if you had ten pounds to your name and that was your entire net worth, and I gave you a pound, well, that pound would represent ten percent of your net worth, and you'd be like, "Wow, yeah, I'll have another pound. That's amazing." If you had a hundred pounds and I gave you a pound, that's one percent of your net worth, and you might be like, "Yep, yeah, well, I'll still take the pound." But as you as you approximate. You know, as you start to accumulate wealth and you've got ten thousand pounds or a million pounds, a pound becomes nothing. It's almost like you throw a pound down the drain, you know, and 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 because of that, you're literally got this built-in inertia to devalue money. So that's another reason why you need to have a much bigger cause beyond yourself. But ultimately, health or wealth, it's about surviving as long as possible. When you relieve the animal brain whether that's having money in the bank so that you know if you lost your income tomorrow you can survive without uh you know the shit hitting the fan excuse my language um or whether it's fitness where you're trying to be as fit as possible to survive the longest mm-hmm. so it, it's it's all about kind of taming that animal brain that voice inside our head that's trying to push us into you know fear dr- scarcity and going out there and doing what you want to do yeah, definitely, and I, I think I think the other thing as well is that I, you know, I believe that the health and wealth are intrinsically linked. And I know this podcast is about dads getting fitter and healthier, but the reason I want to raise this is because I do generally believe that the two are linked. So, for example, you know, you can be as wealthy as you like, but if you haven't got your health, no amount of wealth is going to be able to buy your health. But it, uh, you know, and 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 equally. You, know, you you need to have wealth in order to have the best foods that you can afford to have all the the organic foods and the best you know kind of supplements or the rest of it. And I'm not saying you can't be fit and healthy if you don't have that, but I'm saying your life and your longevity will yeah. be much greater if you do. So yeah. is that do you, would you agree that the two are intrinsically linked? Totally, I think. Uh... Uh, the, the, in terms of money and, and wealth building, people often say things like, you know, we don't need money to be happy. Well, you know, th- yeah, that might be true, but yeah. I, I just, I, I challenge it in the way of survival in, in the way you're talking about it being intrinsically linked to health where not even organic foods or, you know, nice things. I'm talking about survival. I'm talking about Maslow's hierarchy of needs, the physiological needs of food, shelter, water, right? The last time I checked, all of those things cost money. 
and they will always cost money. And if you lose those things, then you're going to be pretty down in the dumps. You're going to, you know, you're definitely not going to be inspired. So it's okay to accept that money is, is, it can be used as a tool to get those things. And you definitely need those things for survival. Yeah, I agree. I heard a, a really good quote the other day. And that, that was, um, I can't remember if this is exact, but it was something along the lines of uh, money is not everything, but it's right up there in line with oxygen. And it's true. So true. So true. You do, you do need it like you need oxygen. And people, like you said previously, you know, people have this big stigma about money. We're all trying to get more. But then when people have more, it's like, oh, that's dirty. You know, you, you shouldn't be doing that or you're greedy and stuff like that. And it's just it's just wrong. Absolutely, mate. Yep. And and like you say, they try and accumulate it. And then because of that belief, they try and get rid of it as quickly as possible. Or another thing they do is particularly, uh, you know, particularly middle class people, they have this kind of pride of ownership thing where they'll just save and save and save and save and save and save and then plow it all into something that depreciates. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I agree. So um, a lot of experts have said that we are 50% of the five people that we most spend our time with. And so looking at that from a health perspective, if you've got like a, a group of dads who are friends who are into fitness, they're more inclined to be into fitness themselves. So would you say that that's the same when you're looking at wealth? You know, if you've got a group of people that are kind of more possession driven or more kind of spendthrift driven, would you say that applies? Absolutely. I, I think you're... Your daily actions and you know how you spend most of your time and how you spend most of your money dictates your highest values. And if you are going spending time with, uh, this is where the problem is, right? So there's a saying that you are the equivalent of the average of the five people you spend most time around. And quite a few people over the years have asked me if there's any kind, if there's a degree of of truth to that, and my honest answer is it's pretty spot on it's pretty spot yeah. on because if you are spending time with people who let's just say uh, are earning low income right so a, a, whatever a low income might be to you if you if you spend time let's just say to your listeners think about your income and then think about the category of income below yours and then imagine spending time around five people that are all approximate that income or the average of that income yeah. What they're going to have is they're going to have solutions to business ideas from people that earn that income. They're going to have, uh, you know, they're going to have problems for, with people that have that income. They're going to have the, the they're going to go to, um, you know, they're just going to have the same outlook. They're going to have the same habits. They're going to have a lifestyle of people with that income. They're going to have strategies with people with that income they're going to have opinions of people with that income and there's no way you can grow there's there's absolutely no way you can grow because if you're just the average of those five people and if you add up their incomes and divide them by five i tell you it's probably going to be spot on within 10 or 20 grand a year uh difference and if you're just spending your time with those people then how can you expect to to grow right you need challenge you need people to challenge you um now in terms of fitness yeah that can be great because you can get around people you get accountability but what i find is you know you need if i've always said if you're if you're the smartest person in the room you're in the wrong room and uh <laughs> i've i know for my own thing and i know with fitness as well if you imagine trying to 
get down to your ideal weight, if someone's not pushing you beyond what you would want to push because they're the same level, then you're just not going to get the results, are you? It's almost like you've got a rubber band around your waist and you're running towards a wall and you've got to press a button on the wall and you can't quite reach the wall because no one's pushing you beyond the stretch of the rubber band. So uh, it's the same with wealth building. If, If you're just using strategies and tactics from people earning 30 grand a year you're only going to earn 30 grand a year yeah definitely it's, it's almost like there's this theoretical ceiling in place isn't it it's yeah. like you won't push beyond that because it's uncomfortable or you you fear or kind of rejection from the crowd isn't it so i totally. mean i had particularly around fitness when i started to do it and i actually lost friends over it because i stopped drinking and because I wanted to get fitter and healthier, and the more I did, the better I felt. So the less I wanted to drink, and it kind of snowballed from there. And they really took offence to it. And you know, it's the same you know, with, with with wealth as well, isn't it? You can imagine the conversations. You know, I'll look at them. You know, they they're getting wealthier, or they've got these businesses, or they're moving to a nicer house, or the rest of it. It's almost like you know, you're 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 kind of chastised if you kind of buck the trend or move away from the crowd. Oh, yeah. And that again, that comes down to the animal brain. People want you to do well, but not better than them or what they yeah. perceive, what they perceive to be better than them. And mm. when, when you cross that threshold, they will, uh, from their animal part of their brain, will want you to slow down or bring you back down because instinctly you are going to survive longer than them. So mm. it's almost like this hardwired part of your brain literally uh, turns animalistic and now you want you're a competitor so as soon as you start to thrive and do well they will see you as a threat to their existence and want to pull you back down and you can't you know you can't really uh you can't really rewire that unless you self-develop and you break or break away from the from the crowd yeah yeah which is which is very uncomfortable to do and it's like we just said you know it's being comfortable with being uncomfortable if you really that's that's it yeah you you mentioned a a theoretical like ceiling there's also like a theoretical floor and i think that's where people you'd get much better results if you raise the floor rather than raise the ceiling because the floors the floors essentially your standards so when you can raise your standards you don't settle for you know you don't settle for average so when, when if you can instead of trying to raise the ceiling, all you're doing by raising the ceiling is if you, you've got a greater void to jump for. Whereas if you raise the floor, the ceiling will naturally raise because you're raising your standards, you're raising your uh, circle of influence, you're raising your knowledge, your health, your fitness, your wealth, and the the, the ceiling will just raise automatically. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a good analogy. That's actually better than what, the one that I described. So. You're, you're, um, obviously you mentioned that you had your son at a very young age and I think you've got two boys now, haven't you? Yeah. One's, uh, one's about to turn 15 and one's about to turn 12. Right. Okay, cool. Cool ages. So, so you, obviously you, you run multiple businesses. You've got your trading business, you've got your tears of freedom program, which is the wealth building program. And so how do you fit in nutrition and fitness into your daily routine? Is that something you plan in or how does it work yeah. for you? Oh, absolutely. I mean, uh, my answer to that would just be habit. Uh, make I always say make it hard to fail. So there's going to be certain things that you're – none of us are superhuman, right? So 
and, and there's no way that everyone has everything high on their values. There's certain things you know, people come to fitness trainers because they want them. They want to delegate the fit the, that to the fitness trainer, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, same as people that are not interested in finance, they'll delegate to an accountant or a fund manager or something like that, yeah. and they're not inspired to do it. So, in order to kind of what I like to think of it of is this kind of. I like to work on what I'm inspired to work on, but everything else I like to build habits and routine around so that it's kind of inevitable, so I can't fail. So I will do things like uh, ensure that I drink my water by uh, buying, you know, buying bulk water so I don't have to go and pour a tap. I literally have a bottle with me every day and I'll have an alarm on my phone every half hour that just pings off and says, guzzle some water and I'll make sure that I drink three liters every day doing that. I'll also, if I'm trying to lose weight, I'll buy packaged salads and things like that so that I don't have to go and prep the food, if you know what I mean. So you, you kind of make it easy to succeed, hard to fail. And then other than that, I have literally a structured whiteboard where I just put everything down, what I'm doing, when I'm doing it, so that I have to stop what I'm doing at a certain time and go and do the run or do the gym um yeah so uh, you know if you if you if you have to think you'll fail if you have to rely on emotion um you know as soon as emotion gets involved then your mind's no longer objective and you lose consistency and you'll just you just won't do it so i like to have a clear calendar book it all into my calendar book it all into the the whiteboard here we've got a family whiteboard with with our family structure there and i just make sure that i get it done so it's kind of routine yeah it's perfect i mean i'm a massive advocate of that and you know scientists have actually studied this and it's been proven that if you've got you know it booked into your calendar you are more inclined to do it it's almost like you're obligated to do it and you are to kind of miss it or not do it so uh, yeah i think that's that's a, a great and some, like you don't always want to do it like there's times where I'll, i literally talk myself out of running halfway through the or not even halfway through the run 100 meters through the run i'm like turn back turn back turn back turn back yeah. and, then, and then i just start kind of you know i start competing with my own mind and i, I mean i'm quite competitive so i i, <laughs> I yeah. usually win <laughs> but, but not that I can lose but yeah <laughs> no I definitely I can relate to that it was a shocking day yesterday and I was like yeah. I really don't want to run I was having why, this why shouldn't I do it today <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah I was like no, when you come back you'll feel better and sure enough you do feel better so, absolutely so we're in times where kind of information is in abundance it's ready readily available for all areas of our lives you know online and everything you know fitness wealth so why is it then do you think that the majority of us aren't millionaires with six-pack abs you know what 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 do you think is <laughs> it's really interesting you say it like that because uh, this is like a health and fitness podcast and we're talking about wealth it's, it's when you talk about the the principles of losing weight for instance it's mm. literally eat less calories than you burn right yeah <laughs> it's, it's, it's as simple as that and yet yeah. it is like a hundreds and hundreds of billions that go into that industry people yeah. trying to find the right you know the right dvd the right workout video the right you know the right coaching program with wealth building you spend less than you earn yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. like it's it's like 
if I was to go out and sell a program and I'm going to say, right, here's my wealth program. Okay. You spend less than you earn. Yeah. <laughs> People would be like, what? You know, but that's it, right? That, that's essentially it. And obviously there's a lot of mindset that goes into that, but it, the principles mm. are that simple. If you want to lose yeah. weight, <laughs> you eat less calories than you burn. It, it's simple yeah. as that, right? Yeah. So the problem is, is people try to avoid pain before seeking pleasure. Now, a lot of people say, oh, everyone wants a, a quick a quick win or they want to get rich quick. But actually, they're only it's, it's the other way around. They're avoiding pain first. And the quick one is seems like the that comes as a result of avoiding pain. So mm. it, although on the outside, it looks like we're seeking the quick win, it's actually come from avoiding pain first. So going back to the, the brain, if you were as a caveman, uh, back in the caveman days, if you if you had a hundred meters to go to your cave, and there was a, an apple tree a hundred meters away, and then there was a lion a hundred meters away in the other direction, you would run to your cave before to to avoid the pain of the lion before you ran to the tree and got the apple. So, but because we're run we, because we're avoiding pain, it means that we don't want to do the hard work first. So when you have to lose weight, you have to actually do some work. So. All we see is people trying to jump system to system to system to avoid doing the most work. It's not actually trying to get the quick thing. It's it's avoiding the most pain. So it's the same with wealth building. People are like, oh, yeah, it can't be that. It can't take that long. I, I can't have to research that. I can't have to actually track my spending or do this or do that. I just want something else. There must be something else out there that does it without me having to do that work, if that makes sense. and. Um, it's exactly the same, right? I, I think it. I think it's the same in in health and fitness. I think it's the same in wealth building. It's the fact that we we just want to avoid. We need to flip that round. We need to kind of accept that there's some work to do, and then have a plan, and then a, a, appreciate that whole exponential growth. Because, like with wealth building, fitness, if you're trying to lose weight, you don't see any results really until you know, later on in the plan, do you? And then it's exponential. It's like, bang, like over two weeks, it's like, wow, you, you, you look completely different. But yeah. people just don't yeah. want to put that work in. No, that's uh, totally right. And I always use the analogy that we're in an, an Amazon economy, all right? Everyone wants to click and have it in 24 yeah. hours. Um, but what they like, really don't want to do is drive to the shop. No, exactly, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's, yeah it's, it's crazy, isn't it? When you break it down like that, it, it just seems, it just seems like crazy that we we look. We always, it's almost like we're trying to overcomplicate it. Whereas if we just dial it all back and realise that there is with everything, there is there is time and effort you need to put in in order to get a result. And so, if you just do that, you you will get a result. Hundred percent. Yeah. So, so to summarise, um, Jason, what five key actions would you say the listeners could take away to to kind of work on their mindset to to reach you know personal goals, whether that be health, whether that be wealth building? Okay, so I'm a, I'm a massive fan and believer in we only achieve things when we're not overwhelmed and we're not you know we we don't have a daunting kind of. Uh, exercise ahead of us so i'm a fan of breaking things down so my advice to anyone achieving any goal would would first of all don't be unrealistic like don't beat yourself up and try to achieve a goal that isn't high on your values like don't do it because it's the societal 
thing to do. Don't do it because someone else expects it of you. Do it for you. Only do goals for you. Um, and you'll probably find that you've probably only got one, two or three in, the, in that you want to achieve in the next year or so. So my steps would be to write one to three things down that you want to achieve in the next year. Break that year into quarters, okay? So immediately you see the year as four different sections. Yeah. And then those three goals, break out those three goals or one to three goals, might even be one goal, but break those things out over the quarters in a realistic time period. And then with each, within each of those those one to three goals, break each one down into seven main categories, Right. Okay. And then in those seven categories, spread out those, you know, write as many tasks that are in each of those seven categories and then spread those tasks over the 90 days in each quarter. And all of a sudden, you'll find that you can put half hour a day or 20 minutes a day into your calendar to work on those tasks. And in 90 days or, you know, 180 days or however long you've spread out for that one goal, you will achieve it. But as long as, you put it in your calendar and you treat it like it's as important as a doctor's appointment. Do everything, like book it in, put yourself first, get it in there and put everything else around it. And trust me, you'll make it work. You just need to look at those tasks and ask yourself, look at your calendar or your to-do list or your chore list or whatever and, and go, is this something I need to do, should to do, have to do? Or is it something I want to do, I love to do, and, you know, I, I feel inspired to do and put those things first and put all the other things around it. And I promise you, it'll work out. And when you break it down like that, you remove all the overwhelm and you're talking about, you know, 10 minutes, 20 minutes a day. Yeah. Yeah. That's fantastic advice and something that as a result of um, being on your program that I now do as well. And like you say, these big these big goals that we have seem quite insignificant once you've broken it down like that. So, um, absolutely. Yeah. And even if you don't get it all complete, you've got much more complete than you, uh, than you would have done if you didn't. Yeah. I think that's a key factor as well. Cause we often beat ourselves up if we don't complete it or, or we let ourselves get stressed out, but you know, sometimes th these things happen and the fact that you've even attempted it in the first place and broken it down, add it in a structure is, is the main thing I think. I think the biggest mistake people make is they set goals but don't plan goals. And, yeah. I, I, you know, whatever you plan, you get. Whatever you plan happens. And I talk about this all the time. If you plan a barbecue, you'll have a barbecue and it'll go well, If you, unless it's weather, right? If you, plan a, if you plan a holiday, you'll go on holiday, you'll come back, you'll talk about the holiday, it all went as planned. And what people don't do is plan their goals. They, they set goals and they just have this airy, fairy, I'd love to do that, but they don't actually plan it. And mm. if you use the strategy that I just gave you, you can use that to actually plan when you're going to do the little bits that add up to the big goal. Um, yeah. And in terms of how much time to dedicate to that, I'll, I'll use the holiday um, example. I always say if you was to go on a seven-day holiday, you'd probably spend about two hours planning that seven-day holiday, okay, with the airport the parking the looking up the villa or the insurance and all that rest of it right and if you was to that that equates to about 1.6 or 1.7 percent of the seven days so if you was to apply that same principle to your year it would work out to about seven to ten days you know depending on how long you sleep for now how many people spend seven to ten days planning their year 
probably not many. So it's no wonder you're not achieving the things that you've you, you, you said you want to achieve. You're not planning it. And all you're going to end up doing is beating yourself up about not achieving it. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it sounds so simple, doesn't it, when you break it down like that? But, um, yeah, I think it's it's very, very important that that happens, particularly if, you, if there's a particular thing you want to achieve or an outcome that you want. Yeah. So, yeah. Jason, it's been fantastic talking to you. So before Likewise. we wrap up uh, today, what didn't I ask you that you feel that I should have asked you which would benefit the listeners? What didn't you ask me uh, that would benefit the listeners? Well, what podcast do you host? <laughs> no, just, just, just kidding. Um, yeah. Well, I, I think you covered some. I think you covered some really, really valuable topics. I yeah. would say, yeah, yeah. I can't think of anything that I couldn't have done it better myself. <laughs> Perfect. Okay. Well, on on the subject of your podcast, um, I highly recommend that. Um, people go over and listen to the always free podcast it is a fantastic podcast and um it's it's got a very specific structure hasn't it in terms of how people should listen to it um because you've laid it out that way so um if yeah, you listen I, to I, it, I started the podcast i started the podcast and decided to just tell my life story bit by bit so yeah yeah but it you know it's fantastic um and it's uh, such a um a, a good listening in our house that my son even knows the theme tune to it and he sings it believe it or not (laughs) so so yeah how can other people connect with you jason as well there's there's lots of different platforms that you're on yeah so just the usual socials um if you're on instagram my uh name is j underscore graystone watch out on instagram because I, i am in the financial world and there's quite a few People trying to avoid pain and seek pleasure by jumping on the bandwagon and copying my account and all the rest of it, unfortunately. But it's J underscore Greystone. Um, Twitter, Jason Greystone. YouTube, Jason Greystone. Or you can go over, you know, Facebook, um, all, the, all the usuals. But highly recommend the podcast. And you can go and download the, uh, get the newsletter each week as well. JasonGreystone.com. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, sign up for that, guys, as well. And follow Jason on uh, Instagram because he's always on stories and really, you know, drops out some great tips for throughout the day. So, Jason, thanks very much for joining me on the show today and I look forward to catching up with you again soon. Excellent. Thanks, Darren. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Fitter Healthier Dad podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please hit subscribe and I would really appreciate if you could leave a review on iTunes All the links mentioned in the episode will be in the show notes and a full transcription is over at fitterhealthierdad.com.